Hi, welcome to the webinar. I'm Mark Graben from Kinexus, and I'm very happy uh, to be joined today by Nick Shonsky to present a webinar titled Capturing and Managing Improvement Opportunities. So let me introduce our presenter, Nick Shonsky. Nick is the Director of Continuous Improvement at the Standard Group. Nick started his journey in the printing industry a week before he graduated from high school in 1991 when he was hired at Acorn Press, Inc. He started out making plates back when plate making was a skill. He learned as much as he could in pre-press while making plates. When digital printing came around, he began as a backup press operator and eventually became the lead operator. In 2001, he was asked to move into customer service and project management. Acorn Press was eventually sold the standard offset, and they became the standard group. Nick continued his work as a project manager specializing in pharmaceutical work. He also helped with building the storefront support on the customer service side. In late 2015, the company made a decision to adopt a lean culture, and Nick was asked to become the lead in that endeavor. And in 2016, he took on the role and title of Director of Continuous Improvement full-time. So I'm really excited that Nick is here today. He's got a lot uh, to share that will be applicable for our attendees and, and, uh, in any industry. And uh, with that, let me hand it over to you, Nick. Thanks again for presenting today. Thanks for the introduction, Mark. Um, I hope you guys all enjoy this presentation on how we capture and manage improvement opportunities here. I'd like to first start out by telling you guys a little bit about the Standard Group and our continuous improvement journey. As Mark said, I started my career in the printing industry in 1991, and I've been working under the same roof here this, this entire time. So this screen will tell you a little bit about the Standard Group. We have a history that goes back to 1895, the founder's primary business revolved around the setup boxes for the then-in-demand hosiery industry. By the mid-1920s, the company added letterpress printing to their list of services in order to print the wraps that went around the boxes that they were manufacturing. So it was a little bit of an improvement even back then. Our modern history began in 1983 when Charlotte Cooper purchased the company from the families of the original founders. From there began the foundation of who we are today, which consists of six different print shops from the Lancaster, Berks, and Lebanon counties here in Pennsylvania. We were all great printers in our own rights, and we all had different areas where we really excelled. <clears throat> Put us all together, and the Standard Group has become an industry leader in the printing world. Along with print shop acquisitions, there was also the purchase of a mailing and fulfillment business and a business that specializes in procurement and premiums of promotional materials. So for those of you guys that are accounting, that is eight companies in total. As Mark mentioned in, in the introduction, we started our continuous improvement journey in late 2015, or in reality, uh, early 2016. The first thing that was done by the company was moving me into a full-time position as the director of continuous improvement. This ended up being a key step in being able to capture and manage improvement opportunities. Having a full-time employee dedicated to continuous improvement will definitely help if you're struggling to stay on track in your continuous improvement journey. The next thing that the Standard Group did was we hired a mentor, or my sensei, to help train me and guide us on our journey. Brian is a retired plant manager of many different post offices around the country, and he has many years of Lean Six Sigma and continuous improvement experience. He spends time with me about uh, three days a week and for about four hours a day, and he is also part of our steering committee, which I'll, I'll now talk about. Um, Brian first suggested that we develop a steering committee to provide direction on our continuous improvement journey. The committee consists of our plant manager, our production manager, our COO, and my sensei Brian, uh, yeah, my sensei Brian and myself. This group, I'm sorry, um, this group meets weekly to discuss current projects and improvements, um, as, as well as any new ideas that have been brought up throughout the week uh, through the team. And finally, we discuss the root causes of any reworks or defects that we have that we've had recently. The committee is dedicated to helping to promote continuous improvement and to educate our managers and their employees. So with eight companies comes eight totally different cultures. This presented a lot of different challenges. A good example of this is having eight different ways of saying the same thing. Terminology and communication was different between all of our companies in one way or another. With the first couple of acquisitions, this was not that apparent, but as the company grew, so did our communication challenges. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. 
Employees throughout the company called this simple brochure that you're looking at many different things. Some of them called it a trifold because there are three separate panels. Some of them call it a roll fold because the panels roll into each other. Some of them call it a barrel fold, which is actually a more common term in the printing world, but less intuitive to anybody outside of our industry. Uh, some people call it a C-fold because it looks like a C-pattern from above. All four of these terms are correct in one way or another for this type of brochure. But the challenge is that we have employees throughout the plant who may be familiar with one of these terms and maybe not familiar with the other terms. And we also have uh, production planners from all these different print shops putting together our production tickets, and they're calling these brochures all of the different types of folds that were just mentioned. So you can see where this can become a problem in production. So how do we get six different print shops, a mail house, and a premiums company all in the same wavelength and form a single culture that focuses on continuous improvement? We realized that we needed to work on aligning our culture throughout the company. One of the first things that we did when we began our lean journey was to attend a continuous improvement conference. And not just any continuous improvement conference, but one that was tailored specifically for printers like us that has been meeting annually for 30 years. Attending a conference like this has definitely helped us on our continuous improvement journey. If you have the opportunity to attend, to attend some sort of conference dedicated to continuous improvement, this is something I would highly, highly recommend. Anyways, while at our first conference in 2016, we got a book titled Lean Printing, The Pathway to Success. And in that book, we found this diagram called the House of Lean. Since then, we have found a lot of similar iterations of this house online, and I'm sure that some of you guys are familiar with the diagram that you're, you see here. So our team made a minor adjustment to this house that we found in the book, and we quickly adopted our modified diagram as our roadmap as we navigate down our continuous improvement journey. I'm not going to get into all the different pillars of this diagram, but I am going to go over the foundation briefly as it shows how we began our journey. 5S. We started our continuous improvement journey by performing 5S projects in our binder department, and we expanded out from there to other departments and then to other, other facilities. We started with 5S to begin teaching our production team the basic concepts of continuous improvement and how it can benefit them. This was our first step into beginning the cha to change how our employees were thinking while at work. This was the first step in changing our culture. We started small and did one machine at a time. As we expanded, we saw that the anticipation began building and we were getting a lot of, hey, when are you coming over to my area to 5S? Team building. So we implemented what we call our plan five talks in all of our departments on all shifts to start sharing the same message to all of our employees. Other places may call this a team huddle or a staff meeting or something like that. We call it a plan five because it takes about five minutes and it's planned at a specific time of the day for every day. These meetings are geared to bring all of our employees together in a group environment where they can interact with each other. The meeting has a simple standard structure, but each meeting in each department is a little bit different. And these plan five talks, the department managers talk about some standard things like how the team performed yesterday in their department, what the expectations for the current day are, um, any department news like uh, machine breakdowns, schedule maintenance, or employee vacations that may affect the team. The managers also talk, uh, yeah, the managers also talk about any company-wide updates that are happening, any good catches that uh, their employees have ha recently had. And finally, they talk about any recent reworks or defects that have been manufactured in the plant. This part of the meeting is provided to the managers by myself or other members of the steering committee. During these talks, the employees are encouraged to interact and provide any feedback to the conversation or provide any updates that they have for any particular topics that they may have. Stopping production for five minutes a day may seem unproductive, and that's what a lot of the people thought at the beginning, but the benefits of having everybody together, having one conversation far exceeds that little bit of uh, lost production time. Employee empowerment. So we began actively encouraging our employees to identify opportunities for improvement throughout the company. And these photos are just some of the ideas of changes that they've come up with. The top row of the picture of the, the top row of photos shows the Kanban project that the finishing team helped to develop, preventing us from running out of cartons. They specifically came up with the two card system where an item gets below the reorder line, they pull the white card from the sleeve and put it in a designated bin. 
The yellow card is left behind when, which tells other employees that the reorder process has begun and they don't need to take action. There's an individual that monitors the bin that these cards are placed into, and when they see a card in there, they place the order for that item. When the cartons arrive, the receiving team takes the cartons out, and they take the cartons and the white card out to the warehouse, and they place everything back where they belong. The oldest job upstairs sign was created to post in sales in the sales team area so that they can see what the oldest job upstairs is. Sometimes the sales team or our estimators or our project managers need to look at an old job for one reason or another, and those jobs are kept upstairs. We only keep old jobs for so long before they are purged, and the oldest job bag is constantly changing. In the past, our team would walk upstairs to look for a job only to find out that, they, that the job has already been purged. So with this new process, the team that purges the old jobs gives me the job number of the last job bag that they purge, and then I update the sign and post it in a common area where the sales team works. This process has saved many different people a lot of valuable time. Next is the motorcycle sign. Motorcycle parking spots may not seem lean, but, in address, but it, it, it did address a parking issue that we have. A lot of time, we have a lot of temps working in the building, and our parking lot fills up pretty quickly. A couple of motorcyclists came up to us and said, hey, if um, we set up a designated motorcycle spot, we could save a few spots for cars by fitting two motorcycles into one regular car spot. When mapping this process out, we took, a, took it a step further and put the new cycle parking spots on the east side of the building so that after around 1230 in the afternoon, the sun is blocked by the building. So uh, when it's time for first shift to go home, they're not sitting on some uh, blazing saddles. The floor marking photos show a couple of different things here. The, uh, the photos with the white and black tape designate a do not leave skids in this area spot. This area is in our aisle where finished jobs go before shipping out, and sometimes we fill the aisles with large jobs. The problem is that the material in this one area is often used, and sometimes the skids are left in front of these items. So the employees came to us and said, hey, can we mark the floors so that it reminds people not to put skids in front of that area? And uh, production doesn't have to waste time navigating around the skids to get to the materials that they need. The last photo there shows a shrink wrap machine that has a lot of extra work in progress floor space designated for it. And not so much because the machine needed all that space, but because of the location of the machine, we weren't able to fit anything else in there nicely. So sometimes we have a lot of incoming materials for large projects, and we fill up our incoming staging area spaces, yet we still have this uh, empty work-in-progress space at the shrink wrapper. So the team suggested that we, may, we make this area a little hybrid work-in-process space, space depicted by the blue tape there, and an overflow staging area for materials depicted by the yellow mark so that we can use it for either incoming materials or for the shrink wrapping jobs when needed. So these are just a few of our early engagement ideas that some of our employees came up with. So we added culture to the original house lean diagram that we found in the lean printing pathway to success book because we saw that the first three foundations were the physical part of forming the culture, but there's also the beliefs and the mentality that creates the actual culture. You can put the physical foundations into work and still not get the mindset to take off. We feel that having a culture is its own part of the foundation that is uh, based on the beliefs of, con of continually improving is the ultimate building block to establishing a great house lane. At this point of the story, we're about two years into our continuous journey here at the Standard Group. So now we have this roadmap to continuous improvement, but how do we navigate it? We have the concepts. We started showing the team what continuous improvement was all about. We worked with them to get them started going throughout the plant, um, but things weren't taken off as we thought they would. The continuous improvement team and the steering committee seemed to be doing most of the work, and if we were not on the floor physically doing the things, things weren't happening. So we were left with the question, what can we do to get more participation? The pyramid of success, our compass, our compass to our continuous improvement journey. So we were doing all these great things and working on building the foundation to the house of lean, but we were not seeing the culture changing in a way that we wanted to see a change. The group would accept changes that the continuous improvement team would make, but they were not getting as, as they were not participating as we had anticipated. With that being said, we began looking for ways to help us improve. We knew that we had the commitment from the owner of the company, but we were struggling with getting commitment from our managers and some of our frontline employees. 
while attending the 2017 Continuous Improvement Conference, a year after we began our journey, we received a handout that had a diagram on it from a company called Partners in Leadership. That diagram was called the Results Pyramid. On their pyramid, it began with experiences at the base of the pyramid. It said that experiences create a belief, then beliefs influence actions, and finally, actions produce results. We really liked that diagram, and we just started looking into other success pyramids online, and eventually we formed our own pyramid based on different ones that we saw, and the end result is what you see here on screen. We adopted this pyramid as our compass to guide us on the journey. We think that our roadmap is the physical activities being done, and this compasses our beliefs and our mental state. Looking at our pyramid, we determined that the first thing that we needed was to ensure that we had commitment from the top down. I wouldn't be here doing this webinar if the company was not committed. Our owner is committed, the COO is committed, and we are currently working on getting our management to be, become more committed. We then identified that we needed to take ownership, ownership of what we are responsible for, what we do on our own, and what we are asked to do by others. Next in the pyramid comes accountability. We challenged our team to commit to what they say and do what they say. That is our definition of accountability. If I am going to do something, I am now accountable for that commitment. So if we put commitment, ownership, and accountability together, we determined that we would begin to see trust. Trust in ourselves and trust in our coworkers. We then thought that this trust would lead to results. And you know what? It has. We, have, we now have many examples of successful projects to look back at and things that reflect this pyramid to a T. So this became our compass on our continuous improvement journey, and this is how we now approach all of our improvement opportunities and changes that we tackle. We feel that this pyramid is so important that we have had our, we have had our pyramid of success posted throughout the plant as a reminder to all of our employees, as well as any customers and vendors that visit the plant, that we're working together to yield successful results. So how do we capture and manage improvement opportunities when we began our continuous improvement journey? In the beginning, we did things like keeping notes in Word and sending updates via Outlook during our weekly steering committee meetings. Um, our team projects were managed in a similar manner. We kept notes in Word, tracked data in Excel. Uh, we used Outlook for managing meetings and communications. We had conversations in passing to discuss improvements. And bottom line, we realized that these were not the best practices. We were also having trouble staying committed and focused on our journey in addition to our regular day-to-day -day jobs. Continuous improvement was my full-time role, but the rest of the team had other priorities and they didn't see continuous improvement as an important part of their day-to-day -day activities. For instance, managers would get instructions from myself or the steering committee and they wouldn't get them done in a timely manner if they followed through at all. Uh, employees would make suggestions or provide ideas to the managers and those ideas never made it to, to the continuous improvement team or the steering committee. Bottom line is we did not stay on track and accountability was one of our biggest roadblocks. Our aha moment. In the early part of 2017, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine while shooting some pool and I mentioned to him the struggles I was having with accountability when it came to continuous improvement. His company was about four years into their own continuous improvement at that point and he had some ideas. He had mentioned that they were using an online continuous improvement platform to help them on their journey. That platform was Kinexus. That night I got home from Pool League and I began looking into Kinexus and I immediately saw the potential that Kinexus could bring to our journey at the Standard Group. I reached out to the Director of Continuous Improvement at my buddy's workplace to see if we could get a hands-on look at Kinexus in action. And they were more than happy to have our entire team take a tour of their facility. And in April of 2017, our steering committee went on a plant tour of Four Seasons Produce here in Lancaster County. Printing is nothing like buying and selling fresh produce, but continuous improvement can be found everywhere. The steering committee was very impressed with what they saw, and as soon as we got back to the plant, we started working on a proposal to submit to our executive team. Once we submitted that proposal, it took very little convincing, and we got approval from the executive team very quickly. By the end of April, we were on our way to becoming partners with Kinexus. So why did we choose to invest in Kinexus to help us with capturing and managing improvement opportunities? Well, first off, it's a team-based management tool that keeps us all on track with what we said we would do. 
Remember that accountability we were lacking? Next, it's a tool that empowers our employees. Their voice is heard instantly. They have access anywhere that they can get online, and there's a phone app for quick and easy entries. Another reason that Kinexus is very customized, another reason is Kinexus is very customizable and they can create solutions to do what we want the system to do. And most importantly, Kinexus helps us to stick with our pyramid of success. I'm going to go over a few of our screen views here in Kinexus. So Kinexus allows users to create as many different dashboards as a user would like, and I have created dashboards for many different needs. This is our employee's default view. In this default dashboard, this is what users get to see. An individual user's tasks are on the left side of the screen. So each person that logs in will see something different over on the left side based on what projects or opportunities for improvements they're specifically involved with. The global OIs and projects are then seen on the right-hand side of the screen. Everybody that logs in will see these items so that they can, they can view and provide input to anything, even if they're not part of that project. If a user does provide input into a project, they automatically become part of that project, and then they will see on their individual, individual user side um, that, that project going forward. The progress of things in Kinexus are easily identified by the color designation of each item. So this color scheme holds consistent no matter what type of project is being worked on. Items in blue are new and they need to be planned or they need to be planned. Items in green are active, so uh, they have been planned and there are timelines set in place. Items in red are overdue, so these items have passed their original timelines without being completed for one reason or another. Items in black are complete, so these items have been completed and they do stay on the site so that we can reference them in the future. On the right side of this screen that you see here is our mobile app view. Individuals can enter um, OIs into Kinexus from their mobile device and they can also enter maintenance requests uh, from their mobile device in our platform. The mobile app only allows users to create entries, so to do anything more than that, they simply go to the website on their mobile device or any other device, any, yeah, any other device which, uh, with web access to get the full view that they're used to seeing. This screen here shows how simple it is to start an OI or a maintenance request. So any user can simply create the Create button that's on the main Kinexus screen, and they answer these basic question, the basic information needed to start an OI or a maintenance request and click the blue Create button. Once they click the Create button, the CI leader gets a notice, and this is a screen of what a CI leader may see. Once a project or OI is created by an employee, a member of the CI leader, CI leader user group uh, can manage that project. So the CI leader will do things like um, build a team to work on the OI. They will establish dates for the OI and they will assign tasks to an individual or a team of individuals. So how has Kinexus helped with our continuous improvement journey? As Director of Continuous Improvement, Kinexus has helped me out a lot. Here's an example of how we now conduct our steering committee meetings. They're now documented in Kinexus and they're accessible anywhere that there's internet access. So no longer, um, uh, taking notes in Word and sending them out via emails. I can add files and images or even web links to these meetings. Overall, it provides a great framework for the steering committee and allows us to stay on task and get things done. And this particular screenshot that you see um, is an actual meeting from March that we had, and one of the steering committee members that uh, um, was out at another building, so he called in from the meeting, or he called in to uh, talk he called into the meeting from another location. So rather than doing a go-to meeting or a screen share or something like that, he just pulled up the same meeting in Kinexus and followed along. He was able to see the topics as well as the images that I had posted in the meeting. And um, he actually had an image that he wanted to share with us. So all he did was uh, add the file to the meeting and we were able to quickly view the image that he had wanted to show us. So this is our portal for improvement opportunities, or OIs, for all of our employees. OIs, OIs are visible to the entire company from work or at home or anywhere in between. All employees can submit suggestions to any OI or maintenance request from anywhere that they have web access. All of the activities are tracked in a timeline as well, so we can see what has changed and when. 
Um, there are even hyperlinks to some of those that take you to the changes in some instances, like added images and things like that. So here's the big thing. How many of you guys have defects in your company? We do here, and we call them reworks. Next question is, how many of you track your defects? Back when we began our continuous improvement journey, we conducted a survey that asked our entire staff what they saw as the biggest obstacle in their job. We ended up with 21 different obstacles, and then we narrowed those down to three primary improvement ideas, and they are all part of our production work tickets. Uh, the first thing was the content of our tickets, what the ticket said. Remember those were short examples? The information on the tickets, uh, what kind of information we're putting on those tickets, and then finally, what the customer provides us, or more accurately, what the customer did not provide that we put on our tickets. Sometimes incomplete, incomplete information gets passed back to the production team. This led us down a few different directions, and the biggest thing that we started to do is we began tracking our reworks or defects, and as, as well as our good catches. We began performing a root cause analysis for every job that we had to rework. Using Kinexus for this took the emotion out of things, and we began to focus on just the facts. Our biggest goal for doing this was to put the focus on reworks or defects and started to challenge the team to become more aware of what they are doing in order to prevent defects from happening in the future. The biggest byproduct of doing this was that we began to identify areas where we had a flawed process in place to handle what we were doing or we did not have a process in place at all. That is one of the biggest things that I want to stress about capturing and managing improvement ideas. By starting to perform a root cause analysis on all of our WeWorks, we have begun to fix a lot of holes in our system, and we have made many improvements that may have been otherwise overlooked, and Kinexus has played a key role in that process. Not only are we, are, not only are we identifying our WeWorks, our defects, we can track the root causes to better understand how to address those problems. Root causes would be things like human error, no process in place, uh, broken process, things like that. And we also began getting data like departments where defects are coming from, individuals that cause defects and things like that. So we can start to really drill down and start to fix things that we need to work on. So the Kinexus dashboard is extremely customizable and can be formatted in all types of projects. So we took our old maintenance request form that we had and we converted it into an item in Kinexus. In the past, our process was our employees would have a printout that they were supposed to fill out, but often they did not fill it out. They just told their manager that they needed something fixed or they needed uh, something built for them. That printout had things on it like, is this a new request? Is it an emergency? Things like that. Um, sometimes the manager forgot to move that employee request to the next step, especially if the, re the request was verbal. So, you know, the manager might be walking through the plant. Um, one of his workers uh, says, hey, um, Steve, I'm having an issue over here. Could I get a, uh, a new um, belt for this machine? And uh, he was on, the manager was on his way to something else and totally forgot it by the time he got back to his desk. So the way this process was to work is the plant manager would take those requests. And or, so the, the next step in the process was the department manager was to complete a, an electronic PDF form of this paper request that the production employee requested. So by completing that PDF, it would be sent to the plant manager. The plant manager would take those requests and assign them to the maintenance team. And this process was cumbersome and often things would take weeks to get done, if at all. So you may recognize that this process could com compromise our trust and our results from our pyramid due to the lack of ownership and accountability. So we sent our PDF to Kinexus and we explained our idea of how we would like our maintenance requests to work on Kinexus and they created a tool that works fantastic. Now any employee from any of our buildings can enter a maintenance request. That request goes into a queue of new items and the plant manager gets a notice along with the continuous improvement leader group and the department manager where the request was generated. The plant manager gets the request and assigns it to the maintenance team once he reviews it. A lot of times the maintenance crew will actually get to the re get the request done before the plant manager even gets a chance to assign the task because they they also see the requests as they um, are entered and they're free to jump right in on these requests. So all requests are visible for all to see, which creates accountability as well. The major result, the, the major results are that we have formed trust 
that was lacking in the past, and the requests are getting done in a time that were unheard of before we put this process in place. So, the portal has helped us all to become more accountable. Remember that our definition of accountability is we say what we do and we do what we say. As we have been using Kinexus, our managers are now staying on top of their tasks and projects. Our meetings are documented, and when there are tasks assigned, they get done. And we are able to provide good feedback to our coworkers, and they are seeing that we are holding ourselves more accountable more than ever before. By using Kinexus, we have seen fantastic results when it comes to capturing and managing improvement opportunities. Examples of these are our frontline employees being able to submit OIs and offer input to current projects at their own pace and on their own time. Our, manager, our managers are performing tasks in a timely manner where in the past they were not. We are tracking our reworks and performing after-action reviews, which sometimes result in new opportunities for improvement that may have otherwise over, been overlooked. And we are switching out some of our older manual processes, like our maintenance requests, and getting more employee participation that was lost in the past. So, in summary, a continuous improvement platform like Connexus may not be for everybody, but it has definitely been a great help in our journey. Even if you do not have something like Kinexus, you can still be successful when it comes to capturing and managing improvement opportunities. Develop a way to keep on top of your projects. If possible, have an employee dedicated to continuous improvement. Encourage everybody to participate. We ask our team to submit ideas no matter how, how small or big they are. Follow up with every idea that you get from your team. Building that trust with your coworkers will lead to them being more confident and will be more likely to submit some good ideas for improvement in the future. And finally, communicate, communicate, communicate. Do not leave a coworker hanging. If they come to you with an idea and it's not something that the company can do at the moment, let them know and give them the reason. If you have a task to perform, stay on track and keep your team informed. And finally, build that trust. The best way to capture opportunities for improvement is to get your team to provide you with those ideas. Building a good team that trusts in themselves and their team, and they will begin opening up and sharing with you. Well, that's it. Um, thank you for sitting through this webinar. I hope that you got something out of what I shared with you today. I uh, went a little quicker than I thought. This is the first time that I've uh, done something like this, and uh, I hope you enjoyed. Well, Nick, thank you for um, doing your first webinar here today. I, I think you did a really good job. It uh, allows more time for um, Q&A, so I would encourage people to continue submitting questions and um, we'll, I'm going to do a few quick announcements uh, before we go into that Q&A. So I want to let you know about our next webinars. If you are a Connexus customer, you can register for the latest uh, Connexus training team office hours, or as it's more informally called the Banna, Rip, Banna and Rippy show uh, with uh, Matt Banna and Ryan Rippy. They are going to share um, some of the latest and greatest about Kinexus features and, and how to best utilize those. Our next presentation webinar, which is open to everybody, is going to be presented by Taryn Davis. She's a strategist at a firm called TBD Strategies. The title of her webinar is Burn Your Ships, Generating Momentum for Sustained Change. That's going to be August 14th at the same time slot. Um, one o'clock Eastern, and you'll be able to register for that uh, by going to kinexus.com slash webinars. If the registration link uh, isn't available, you can sign up to be notified about future webinars uh, via email. So next, we want to talk about other resources that are available. If this is the first time you've joined us for a webinar, we have a whole library of Continuous Improvement webinars that you can view on demand. They are all free, and we hope you'll check those out if you haven't already. So you can go to kinexus.com slash webinars, look for um, the on-demand library. Hours and hours, I'll have to go add up uh, dozens of hours of webinar content at this point. It might be up to 50 hours worth of webinar content um, at this point. We'd also encourage you to check out our blog at blog.kinexus.com. I also invite you to check out our podcasts, which 
I guess you're seeing the pattern here, kinexus.com slash podcasts. You can also find our podcast in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, the audio of uh, Nick's webinar is going to be uh, published to the podcast feed. Sometimes people, once they've watched the webinar like you did today, um, people like to listen to it again while they're uh, in the car or uh, out for a walk. If you want to revisit any of the uh, ideas that Nick shared with us today, you can uh, subscribe. And if you like the podcast, please rate and review. And so with that, let's, uh, let's jump into uh, the Q&A. You can see um, Nick's contact information there. So let's see. Um, all right. So Nick, kind of going back to some of the beginning, you talked about um, the start of this lean journey. What, what triggered the need for lean um, in the business? And kind of related question, how did the owner become committed to lean as you described? Okay, so um, we are in what uh, we are in a peer group uh, for printers. So there are printers across the United States that um, all get together and they discuss um, their best practices and they share information. And um, our owner went out to one of the peer group um, sites and he saw what continuous improvement can do for them. And uh, he came back and he was all excited about it. And uh, you know. He was. Uh, he just saw. He saw what it could do for the company. So, and it was interesting because I was given a tour, a plant tour, um, the same year at the beginning of 2015, and the peer group was at our building, and they asked if we were lean, and I, I was oblivious. This was uh, l like I said at the beginning of this um, this webinar this is the only place that I've ever worked. So I wasn't as familiar with continuous improvement and lean at that point. And, you know, a couple of months later here, I'm being, uh, you know, asked if I want to be the uh, director of continuous improvement. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add a follow-up question for you. Um, there, so there, there was that exposure to lean and continuous improvement. Can you talk about how that commitment builds over time as, as, Hopefully, there's these positive cycles of uh, improvement, um, as, as, as you talked about in the, uh, um, the pyramid, um, leading to results that, that hopefully then strengthens the commitment, which leads to more uh, leadership uh, participation and accountability. Can, can you talk about how some of that has maybe grown or developed over time? Uh, yeah. So one of the one of the very first things that we had is, you know, a, as any company might have, is we did have some uh, detractors and so a couple of employees. We actually um, they actually opted out. Um, you know, uh, they moved along, and we did have to fire one manager because he was just not getting on board. But uh, that that was totally different. That that's not how we um, wanted to um, grow our. Uh, our commitment um, throughout the plant. Right. But, um, you know, sometimes that has to happen. And uh, when uh, Brian started, he said, you know, usually there's a higher percentage. And luckily for us, it was only uh, really um, one employee that we, re we really needed to, um, uh, you know, put on the different seat in the bus. Um, yeah. But uh, basically, yeah, just proving ourselves and, and proving to others that uh, – that lean doesn't mean we're trying to get rid of your job. Cause that was one of the very first things that um, when we started this journey, everyone was worried that, Oh my gosh, they're going to, they're going to come and make my area so efficient that they won't need me anymore. And that really is not the case. So, you know, it was just, uh, just teaching and the communication and working with them and proving our worth, you know, everything that I, any, anything that somebody uh, comes up to me with, I try to get it done. Um, just yesterday, our stitcher operator had a really good idea on how he could um, how he could uh, better identify what settings his uh, stitcher pockets were set up on. So you know, he's like, "Hey, he gave me a diagram. He showed me what he was looking for." And by the end of the day yesterday, I had uh, some nice laminated little signs with magnets uh, embedded in them for him to be able to flip um, over to, to to identify what 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 mode each uh, pot each unit was set up as. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, prove, proving yourselves and getting that uh, word of mouth out there, you know, getting, getting people to just uh, start spreading the word. As I said, as we 5S uh, machines, 
um, everybody was getting excited, like, oh, when are you coming to my area? When are you going <laughs> to come and work over here? That, that, that's always a good sign, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to jump. There, there's, I think, transition to a question um, about trust. So you brought up the important need to build trust that lean is not going to lead um, to, to layoffs or, or people being overburdened. So when you go back to the pyramid and, and trust is an important part of that chain, are, are there sort of are there specific or intentional things that your organization does to try to build trust? Or is that just sort of a result of trying to build commitment and ownership and accountability? Yes, that's that's the result. So, yeah, we're not really doing anything. Be You know, we're just we, we, we took those three bottom platforms of the pyramid and just said that by doing these three things, you'll start to build trust. So, um, you know, we do, uh, we do every once in a while, we'll go out and do some uh, team building exercises and stuff like that, um, which kind of builds trust in a different way, but really committing and, uh, taking ownership of, uh, our actions is what starts to build that trust. You know, one of the challenges when we, when we had, uh, when we had, when, when I talked to you about the production tickets, you know, and trying to get all these different, uh, terminologies uh, condensed down into one. One of our biggest concerns from production was that our job tickets are a mess and um, they're hard to read and follow. So we tackled fixing those job tickets and we challenged the project managers to, you know, conform to one terminology and to start putting everything, all the information in the same areas on those production tickets so that production would have an easier time understanding that stuff. So what we were, what we were really doing is we were asking the, the production planners to trust the production employees that if they give them good information, they'll yield good results. And, vice versa. You know, if production gets a good ticket, they'll be able to get more jobs done. And at the beginning, they didn't trust each other. You know, when we would ask why a production employee missed something and they told us, oh, I didn't read the tickets. And we asked, why didn't you read the tickets? They would say, oh, because the tickets are always wrong. So after we made implemented all these changes, you know, now we say you guys need to trust that the process has been fixed. You need to read the tickets all the time. And then uh, the same thing with the production planners. They were saying, well, why do I why do I fix something if they're not going to read it? And we you know, we just have to remind them that, you know, our pyramid says that we're going to take ownership for our, our actions and uh, we're going to hold ourselves accountable and we're going to make it right. So you talked about one manager that um, ended up, um, you know, it sounded like being asked to, to leave the bus, proverbial mm-hmm. bus, if you will. But there's another question right. here. Was there any resistance from the employees and how did you overcome that? Um, you know, the, when we first started, we, we kind of thought that there was going to be some uh, hecklers or some um, employees that had, uh, had no desire and we were really we were really off base when we um when we first started doing the five s's and and getting out there and uh like i said um spreading the word we were surprised on the um the 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 reactions that we got areas that we thought oh man these guys are going to hate us for coming in here and uh you know making changing their world um they were the most uh accepting and the most willing um and there were some uh we did have some hecklers that really they were just concerned that this wasn't going to work. You know, they were, they didn't trust. And once they started seeing that trust, some of those guys are the, are my best guys that are giving me some of the best uh, ideas and, and coming up with some really good change ideas. So um, that's how we, we, you know, we just dealt with them as uh, you know, we just um, kept doing what we were doing and just tried proving ourselves to those guys. You know, we didn't, uh, we, we, we tried to keep any negative energy out of it by, uh, by not sending negative energy their way, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull the end on court on myself. Um, one of the attendees um, asked a question that started um, with the phrase, lean is a journey, and I accidentally clicked the delete, and I can't figure out how to view 
uh, deleted questions. So I'm going to have to ask. I'm sorry for the. <laughs> you talked about rework, Nick. Um, I'm going to have to ask the person <laughs> asked that question to maybe um, type that back in. Um, but let me go to another um, another question. And I think this might have come in before you started talking about Kinexus and the software, or maybe you can elaborate on some of this. How do you track how many of your employees are participating in improvement? Okay, so Kinexus does have a way that you can uh, actually click on an employee and see their participation. And they're, um, you can run reports right in Kinexus that just uh, asks your activity rate. So um, currently, we, we don't have a lot of active employees that are doing a lot of projects because we only have about a dozen projects happening at the moment. Um, we don't have a ton. Um, we're doing some really, really big ones at the moment, um, specifically with um, – that uh, premiums company that 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 was our um, you know that was a purchase about five years ago and one of the things is those guys have their own building and it's totally different than what we're doing and you know what we wanted to do is get really good in one building and then slowly venture out into our other buildings and that building is our newest uh, focal point because they're really really growing and we need to uh, start to uh, you know provide a lot more support than what we have as a continuous improvement team. Um, so I guess back to the original question, Kinexus has ways to track that and it's very simple. Uh -huh. You just run a report, you can see who's uh, logging in and uh, you know, we, we, we can challenge uh, our teams to uh, get a little bit more uh, active as needed. Yeah. Okay. So um, Cheryl, thank you for re entering your question. Um, um, so lean, lean, so it says lean is a journey and starting small with some quick wins allows people to trust lean and continuous improvement. 5S is a great way to do that because it's visible. How would you say, suggest that non-production areas go about starting and getting quick wins, hoping to eliminate resistance? So I want to hear your thoughts and, and I may add a few um, thoughts as well. But, but Nick, if you want to address that first. Okay, so that is one of our challenges is uh, the office, you know, um, you know, the only way that I we, we haven't really tackled the office that much. Now, we do have plan five talks in the office. So we have a lot of customer service and a lot of um, estimators, and we will have a plan five with them, you know, and, and at the beginning, it was like herding cats, because uh, they didn't see the value in it. But now we have our plan five talks. They get to hear what's going on with the company. We get to talk about any of our, our reworks or defects. And we get to um, have that little roundtable. The beauty of these five Plan 5 talks is, you know, if somebody had an issue and they didn't understand the problem, their peers, their coworkers, their fellow um, project managers have solutions for that. So rather than um, just not knowing how to do it, other people are stepping up and, and speaking out and, and teaching them along the way. You know, same thing in our pre-press department where, you know, we get files from customers that are totally different. Every customer pro provides files slightly different. And sometimes there's a challenge on how we process those. And uh, so in the pre-press department, which is similar to an office, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, machines and things like that. It's just mainly computers and uh, keyboards and mice. Um, it's the same way. The employees are really just being able to um, feed off of each other and have uh, conversations about things um, in a uh, in a nice organized uh, fashion. So, you know, there are areas, uh, some people are still a little sloppier than others. But um, again, I try to lead by example. My area is um, nice and organized. And when people come in, I kind of show them a little bit about how you can even, um, you know, lean and 5S your desktop. But um, mm -hmm. it's been that, that, that that's how we've uh, tackled that at this point. You know, just getting yeah. them to participate in the plan fives is really the, uh, mm -hmm. the the primary thing that we do. Yeah. Well, thanks. And I, you know, I would add, you know, it's funny when you talk about five S and your desktop, that could mean your physical desktop or it can mean your computer desktop. Um, you know, sometimes right. there's more benefits. Um, you know, if people are doing a lot of electronic work. Um, improving um, kind of the electronic organization of files could, can make a bigger difference sometimes than the physical orientation. Um, you know, my, my friend Dan Markovitz, 
who uh, one of his books is called A Factory of One. He talks about things that we can do to 5S file storage and, and email practices. And, you know, I think that, um, that, that, you know, that makes, that can make a big difference. You know, I, I don't, you know, sometimes people talk about this dogma, well, you know, you should always start with 5S. I'm like, well, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, 5S can be really helpful in a lot of settings, whether it's physical or electronic 5S. But I, mm-hmm. I found a better strategy, you know, I'll, I'll reference Paul Akers and his book, Two Second Lean. Um, you know, just ask people, you know, encourage them, fix what bugs you. You know, what gets in the way of doing the right work the right way? Um, you know, the classic Kaizen question um, of, you know, how can you make your work easier? That could involve 5S or it might involve other improvements. So, I, you know, I agree with, with Cheryl's question and, and statement that I'm um, trying to get quick wins and, and, and helping people see whether they are um, nurses or surgeons or production operators or leaders. Um, you know, when, when people see benefit there, that's going to build and strengthen their commitment uh, in my experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just like that motorcycle, uh, the motorcycle sign, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was a, a fix what, fix what bugs you, um, suggestion, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, simple things like that. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I think going back to classic and a lot of things you talked about, Nick, are sort of classic Kaizen philosophy that we try to teach and encourage, um, within Kinexus, you know, that motorcycle sign doesn't have, um, there's probably, you couldn't calculate, an ROI, cost savings, return on investment. It's just something that seems like a small gesture that makes people happier, which builds commitment and encourages participation, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, We have another question, and this is maybe fairly tactical, talking about um, those meetings. Is there a template that you use in Kinexus for um, taking minutes or sharing those? For the Plan 5 talks? Or I think that's what the question is referring to. Do do you take minutes for those for those talks uh, or share? No, no, no. So what w- what we do is uh, outside of Kinexus, I have a little document sure. that um that our team uh, created, which I go in and fill things. It's basically the voices, the voice of the customer, the voice of the company, and the voice of the employee. So. What I feed is the information like yesterday we had um, uh, an employee appreciation food truck day where uh, everybody got to um, enjoy a free uh, food truck meal and free ice cream. And so for the days and weeks leading up to that in the employee section, I'll fill out, hey, don't forget um, that the food truck's coming up. Or if we have um, flu shot day, I I feed in that information. So any of the company-wide stuff like new hires and stuff, I have a little platform. So if – and – for our reworks as well. So any of our defects will, will put on those, those things and those. So when I fill that information out on a daily basis, that information goes out to the managers. So they have a base platform for them to have their conversations with, and then they sprinkle in their department things. So the press managers will, um, put notes down on, you know, how the press performed yesterday, how, what we expect to get done today, and then any breakdowns or scheduled maintenance to come up. So, um, no, we don't do, um, minutes, but what the managers do do is they write down their notes on this form that gets sent out to them and then they post it for the day. So it hangs up there all day. So anyone can go back and access it. And, uh, that's good because of the reworks. They'll be able to read all the different reworks, uh, that we've had and any of the notes that the manager had. So it is visible for anybody. So I guess, yes, we do have minutes, truly. Well, and, and Tara, thank you for clarifying. She, she also added here, she was talking about your steering committees. Oh, <laughs> oh, so, so, so yes, that is documented. So I, I take notes and then I'll go back. I, I take physical notes on a notepad and then I'll go back and fill them into Kinexus and I'll add um, images and files and things like that. So, and the beauty of Kinexus is even if a project is completed, you can still add notes and comments and images and files and stuff like that. So yes, we do, uh, we do take minutes and uh, then I'll be able to go, then I go back in. I don't want to waste the steering committee's time by updating it real time, but I do go back in and uh, fill in the notes so that we can reference back. Okay. Um, let's see. A couple of other questions. Yeah, it was good that yeah, I, I knew we would 
take advantage of this Q&A time, Nick. Um, yes, I'm glad. So, Thank you guys all for uh, sticking around and uh, asking oh, questions. Yeah. Oh, and we're not done yet. I think we can squeeze in a couple more. So yeah, yeah, there's a combination, yeah. combi combination of feedback and question. Um, Corey says, great presentation. Really interesting to hear about your journey. Was there a need for company-wide training to support driving the CI culture, or has everything been centered around Kinexus? Okay, so at the very beginning, um, the steering committee got some training. We went to some green belt and black belt training, and our sensei, Brian, he is in here, like I said, three days a week, and uh, we go around and we try to you know, spread the uh, knowledge um, it, when it comes to continuous improvement. So um, what we'll do is we'll have uh, – we, we do have some individual training so, uh, with, our, with uh, new hires. I get them for an hour where I have a presentation that I go over what continuous improvement is and I show them some of the things that we've done so they get to see real things. And then I get to take them on a, on an ancillary plant tour and I get to show them some of the things that we have done. So, um, at the beginning, we didn't do a lot of uh, real training with everybody, but a few of us went out and learned like the continuous improvement and lean six Sigma basics. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Virginia asks, are there any healthcare organizations currently utilizing Kinexus? I'll, I'll, I'll address this, Nick. Um, the healthcare sure. environment okay. presents complexities. How affordable are Kinexus tools and programs, specifically for smaller hospital organizations? So, um, boy, we've come full circle. Um, uh, Kinexus was actually founded and went to market originally in um, uh, 2011 as a, uh, a software platform for healthcare organizations. That was our first market because our CEO and co-founder, Dr. Greg Jacobson, is an ER doc. He um, developed um, you know, this concept um, working in healthcare and helping build a continuous improvement culture in an emergency department. And then over time, We've expanded um, and, and, and generalized our platforms. It's used by people um, in many, many industries, um, in, in, including uh, you know companies like Nix. Um, so, uh, so to Virginia, the the answer is yes. We have many, many healthcare organizations. Um, you can go uh, on the Connexus website and on our customers page. You can see who some of those are. They they are large organizations and there are small organizations. Um, you know, the pricing of Kinexus um, is pretty scalable for different size organizations. And, um, you know, Virginia, feel free to email me if you'd like me to help connect you um, to, to somebody that can maybe help you um, talk a little bit more about that. Because maybe now, um, Nick, I'll, I'll leave it to you for a final thought. You know, whether our customers are in healthcare or manufacturing or um, financial services settings or, or any sort of industries, the, the leadership styles that you talked about, the continuous improvement practices are, are pretty universal. So with that, let me throw it back to you, Nick, and, and, and see if you have a final thought maybe to share along those lines. Um, I don't know if I could add anything to that. <laughs> so, I mean, well, maybe, maybe let me ask you in a different way. Um, you know, you talked about a book, Lean Printing. What, what have you and, and the company done to learn from people from other industries. You mentioned a mentor and a sensei that you gave. Yes. To. And, 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 uh, th this year we, uh, we just joined a, um, a peer group of printers. Actually, it was just formed. It was just recently formed. It's a continuous improvement peer group. So I am now one of the founding members of a peer group of, uh, 10 other printers across the United States, um, that gets together once a year, in face to face, and then we have quarterly um, web web meetings, as well as we just uh, are free to email each other back and forth. Well, just last week we had um, one of our members reach out and um, ask uh, what you would title somebody if they hired somebody full time for continuous improvement. So what we did is we found peers uh, looking to do the same thing that weren't directly competitors of ours, and we just. Uh, teamed up and uh, became, you know, became friends and are uh, working together to uh, achieve the same type of goals. Um, well, that's so. great. So, so there, there you go. Um, all right. So uh, we, we are out of time. So I want to thank everybody for 
attending. I want to thank um, our, our presenter, Nick Shonsky, from the Standard Group um, for, for sharing so much with us today. And I want to um, encourage everybody, if you want to sign up for the August webinar, you can do so. I confirm this. You can do this right now by going to kinexus.com slash webinars and look for uh, the link to burn your ships, generating momentum for sustained change. Nick, uh, I hope you'll join us as, as you continue um, to, to generate more momentum for sustained change at the Standard Group. Thanks again uh, for your presentation today, Nick. Thank you.